This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Original DNA is found in God, isn't it? We are created in God's image. And spiritually, you have, you were made with the DNA of God. You were made to be like God, to have perfect peace, joy, love, authority, all the good things are in God. That's who God made us to be. And then Adam and Eve messed it up for us. Amen. But here's the thing, we're going to find out in relationships that we can't just blame somebody else because they messed up. We're going to find out this, this code of us, the story of us, especially afterwards, is still being played out today. Everything we need to know about the DNA of relationships is encoded in this story. I'm going to mention it again. You're made for relationships. You remember I said, when God made Adam and all his creation, up until that point, he said everything is good or very good, didn't he? But when he looked at Adam, he said, now when he made man, he said he's good. But then when he looked at him in, in terms of his relationships, he said it's not good. His relationship's not good. Even though he walked with God, he talked with God, he was in perfect fellowship with God, made in the image of God, God said there is lacking yet something in his relationship. Hello? Well, you know, you've, especially guys sometimes, you ever seen guys, I don't need nobody. Right. Right. Everybody else does, but you don't. We were made for relationships. That's the first thing from this story. We were made. That's our DNA. You were made for relationships. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of her. I'm getting rid of him. You're still going to be in a relationship. Come on. You think because you live in a different locale, you're through with that relationship. No, you're not. You're still, with, you're still going to be dealing with some of the same old issues that led to that split. And the next one you get, you're going to just repeat it. We're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about the dance. You are made 
with the capacity to choose. We're talking about your DNA. First, you're made for relationships, God with others and with yourself, and then you're made with a capacity to choose. Didn't they? Man, I tell you, so many times you hear this about people. You know, well, you know, I didn't have a choice. Really? You didn't have a choice? Yeah, I didn't. I tell you, boy, I tell you what, Pastor, if you had to live with him or you had to live with her, you'd, be, you'd think the same way. Listen, we always have a choice. Now, you can abdicate your choice by not making a choice, but you got a choice. Adam made a choice by not making a choice. Listen to me, single people, young people. This, is, this will be good for you. Don't miss this series. <laughs> you, and I'm, you know, I'm just laying it out there today. We're going to unpack all this as we go along. You are made with the capacity to choose. Say this, I can choose. Don't ever let your mind or the devil tell you differently. You can choose. Adam and Eve made a choice. They could have made a different choice, couldn't they? They had the power to do that. The, listen to me. The devil never has the power that's greater than your choice. You are a free moral agent. Even if you're not saved, you have a free moral agent. You can choose. Otherwise, how could you get saved? You can't get saved and get, then get the power to choose and get saved, can you? When you made the decision to get saved, you were a sinner. Outside of the commonwealth of God. Without God. In darkness. But yet you made a choice. I'm going into the light. And all the devils of hell couldn't pre prevent it. Boy, that ought to make you happy. I have the capacity to choose. Now remember, we're going to unpack these things. You're made. Now listen, we're all happy now. See if you're going to be happy with this third one. You are made to take responsibility for yourself. If you, you know the rest of the story here. I didn't read it, but you know the rest of the story. God came down after they disobeyed God. They made a bad choice, a wrong choice, and they hid themselves, didn't they? Then when God began to bring things out in the open, what did He bring out in the open? The truth. But it took Him a little while to get them to acknowledge the truth because First of all, he went to the man, Adam, and Adam pointed his finger at the woman. It's her fault. And then Eve, when she saw that the blame was being passed down to her, she said, it's the serpent's fault. And you know what? We've been passing the buck ever since. Man, oh man. If everybody was just as wonderful as me, we'd all get along so great. <laughs> Raspberries. That's not true, is it? No. And see, so often I've seen this in, in talking with people about relationships, especially in a close relationship like a marriage or something. I mean, boy, you talk about when they come in, by the time they get to the pastor, oh, my gosh. It's like the Gordian knot. And you all remember that mythical knot, you know, that you know, was supposed to be impossible to untie? So many knots tied in it, you just couldn't untie it. Nobody could. Well, it, took, it took Hercules to do it. Well, I'm not Hercules. But boy, they come in and there's such a Gordian knot, and most of it's been tied up by accusation and blame. 
It's his fault. It's her fault. Yeah, but you did this and you did that and you said this and you said that and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And I mean, man, by the time they get out of the office, they can barely get out the door. They're not so big. Listen, we're talking about the DNA, the story of us as humanity. It began here and it's still going on, even though we're redeemed. You are to, made to take responsibility for yourself. Listen. Relationships are not an option. They're not an option. See, a lot of times we think, well, I'll just, I'll just quit. That's not, you know, you can make that choice, but I'm going to tell you what, it doesn't get rid of relationships. I've, I've had people that come into my office that their, their dad or their mom misused them or abused them or neglected them, and they'd been dead 20 years, and they're still dealing with the issues of that relationship. I, I'm going to go even further. You know, the atheist is still dealing with issues of relationship to God, even though they don't believe in God. <laughs> There's, you, you know what? You could be a, you could be estranged from your one of your parents or or, or a spouse or somebody. But I'm going to tell you what: if you're not whole, if you're not healed from that, you're still dealing with the issues of that relationship. I don't care if they're in Australia and you're at the North Pole. It's awful quiet in here. Relationship with others. Let's just touch on this real quickly. What are we talking about with others? It's obvious. It's family. It's friends. It's neighbors. It's coworkers. It's teammates. It's spouses, etc., etc. Anybody that you've got a, a, it's some kind of relationship. Now, obviously, some relationships are closer than others, aren't they? And, you know, it's the ones that we're the closest with that we usually have the most problems with. Why? Because we're bumping into one another. You know, I'm around you. You know, now, seeing you come to church, we're all smiling. Our hair's combed, what little we got. We got our teeth brushed, and we're dressing, looking good, and smiling, and praise the Lord, and hallelujah. Boy, on the way out of the parking lot, it's a knockdown drag out. <laughs> Will they make it home? <laughs> but here's where it starts. It starts with the blame game. We see it here in Genesis. It begins with the blame game. Blaming others when it isn't working out. You know, that's the easy way out. If he would just change, if she would just change, Pastor, everything would be all right. In other words, what you're saying is if they'd be exactly the way you think they ought to be, and they would look over, overlook all your mistakes while changing to suit you in every situation in life, then it would be all right. Well, how's that working out? That's not going to work out. Isn't that right? There is no perfection this side of heaven. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't grow. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't learn. But listen, there's no perfection here. And as long as I'm blaming someone else all the time, we never get anywhere. Look over here what Jesus said about that, the blame game. Matthew 7. Let's look over there. Matthew 7, verse 1. Jesus said, Do not judge, and do not be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your husband's wife's eye? Oh, I'm sorry, brother's eye. Sorry, I misread that. And pay no attention to the plank in your own eyes. See, a lot of times in relationships, when we start playing the blame game, really what it is, what happens is, is that we're scrutinizing everybody else with a microscope, and we're not even examining the pole that's in our own life. Have you ever tried to change somebody? Holy cow, I hope you've given up on that. How did it work out for you? Not for me, not so good. It's hard to change other people, isn't it? You know why? Because that's not your responsibility. Oh man, don't we try it? We try to train, change, boy, we try to change our kids. Oh man. And you know, we've got the greatest of sincere motives about it. You know, they're, they're young, they're inexperienced, they're knuckleheads. Sometimes. Of course, we forget that we were young and inexperienced and a knucklehead sometimes too growing up. We, you know, here's the thing. You don't have res- your responsibility is not to change other people in the relationship. Boy, this is a hard one for us to get a hold of. Especially when the relationship is not good. Oh, go on, boy, I'm telling you. You know, we kind of feel like, what is it, any of you ever heard of Jerry Clower? He's an old southern country boy. He was a, a, a comic, a humanist, not a humanist, but a humorist. You know, he'd tell funny stories, you know, and he, he talked about when he was out, you know, in the south, you know, they used to go possum hunting. Anybody ever gone possum hunting? I went possum hunting when I was a kid. And man, you know, they, you know, sometimes they, you know, the dog, they, they'd go up in the tree, you know, he decided he's going to go up in the tree and shake that possum out. So as Clower says, he, he climbed up in that tree, and when he got up there, it wasn't a tree, it wasn't a possum, it was a bobcat. <laughs> Woo, and I mean, it went at it. Boy, they was going at it tooth and toenail. It was hollering and kicking and screaming and clawing going on that tree. Somebody, the guy down on the bottom said, what's going on up here? <laughs> He said, there's a bobcat up here. He said, shoot up in this tree. He said, I might hit you. He said, I don't care. One of us needs some relief. (laughs) Sometimes you're in a relationship, you feel like somebody just shoot up in here. (laughs) Don't care. Hit one of us. We get some relief. (laughs) Well, that's funny, but... Have you ever been in a bad situation sometimes? That ain't too far from the truth, is it? Maybe not shoot up, but maybe a baseball bat or something might be good. Put one of us out of our misery because, man, this is tough. It's never just about the other person. Listen, the pain that they are causing you maybe, and many times is coming out of a fear or insecurity that is in you. I found this out. Many judgmental people, I mean, when they're really judgmental, they they usually have one or two things in particular that they're really quick to judge people about because that's the issue they're dealing with. Are you listening? See, I'm quick. If you find the legalist, 
You find somebody that's a legalist. You know what? They're having a difficulty in their own self accepting themselves as they are. They feel insecure. It's real easy to get into perfectionism to where you start striving. You got, you know, you and you're striving not because you're 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 trying to please somebody or please God, but but you're striving because you feel so inadequate in yourself. And so you're trying to do everything perfect, hoping that God and others will accept you. And so you begin to project that on others who you see who are confident in their relationships and confident in their relationship with God, but yet they're not necessarily crossing all the T's and dotting the I's the way you think they ought to. I don't know why God's blessing them. I know for a fact they don't crack their Bible this week. This is all right, isn't it? Now we certainly believe in reading your Bible, but you know that that's not that's not what makes you know God bless you. You'll be blessed for reading the Word. The Word always has a blessing with it, doesn't it? I mean, I got the greatest blessing I ever got from God was salvation. I hadn't done anything right up to then. <laughs> My whole life was a, was a big wrong. There wasn't no need to trying to figure out how many things I did wrong. Just say the whole, the whole package is wrong and you had it. It's never just about the other person. This is what Jesus was saying here. He's saying you're looking at this other person with a microscope and overlooking your own stuff. Listen. It's not your responsibility to change those people in those relationships, but you do have a choice and a responsibility about yourself. How am I going to react? You know what Jesus said? He said, first, He said, first, what comes before first? <laughs> Nothing, does it? First is first. He said, first, <clears throat> Take the plank out of your own eye. In other words, be responsible for yourself first in the relationship. Are there some insecurities? Are there some hurts uh, that, that are in me that's causing my button to be pushed even if you just look at me? You know, it's kind of like this, you know. Maybe, maybe I'm going about the day or something and maybe I'm up on the ladder and I, I fall off the ladder and I hurt my arm. And man, I've got that thing in a sling, and it's, it's black and blue, and it's tender and sore. And man, you know, and I come to church and everything, and, and you know, and somebody accidentally brushes by and touches that thing. And man, I let out a holler. And then I don't just holler, I light into them. You did that on purpose. You're just the meanest thing ever. Every time you get a chance, you bump in, you try to hurt me. You get... See, we may not do that physically, but emotionally we do that with one another. I'm going to talk about the dance next week, you know. I say something, and I, you know, because I'm, I'm vulnerable and I'm hurting and I react to you, and then I say something pushes your button, and the next thing you know, we're doing this tango. We finally, somehow that subsides, but it ain't long, you know, before we're doing the dance again. We need to learn some new dance steps. 
We're talking about relationship with others. The problem you have with the other person is often a problem you have with yourself. We're going to unpack this some more. A relationship with yourself. Some think too little of themselves and some think too much. What we're going to learn is we need to see ourselves through the lens of God. And we need to see other people through the lens of God. You remember one time, you know, even the apostles weren't, you know, immune to this. They had to grow. See, we think sometimes, boy, God chose the apostles because they were apostles. No, He chose them, and His grace and His Word and His Spirit worked in them, and that's why they became the people that we admire today. But they weren't there when they first started. Remember, oh, if you remember over in Acts chapter 10, it says, you know, that, that Peter was there, you know, in Joppa, and he went up on the housetop to pray. Remember that? And it was about lunchtime, and he said he was getting hungry, and he was thinking about going to pray, and about that time he fell into a trance. Remember that? And the sheep was let down with all kind of uh, four-footed and unclean beasts. You remember all that, don't you? And, you know, and, and, and he did that three times. You know, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, Not me, Lord. I'm a good Jew. I've never eaten anything that's unclean. Remember that? Remember what God told him? He said, Peter, don't call unclean what I have clean, cleansed. Of course, he was talking about the Gentiles, wasn't he? But how do we see that person we're in relationship to? Do we see them through the lens of our own inadequacies, the things that may be wrong with us, the things that we haven't dealt with? Do we see them through the lens of, uh, you know, of all their faults and all their failures and everything? Is that the way we're looking at them? Boy, I want to tell you, we need to get God's lens. And maybe that's the way we're looking at ourselves. Because if we're treating other people that way, you're probably looking at yourselves, and you're probably beating yourself up almost as much as you're beating them up. We've got to learn to look at ourselves. See, that's why I say some people are very, you know, narcissistic. In other words, everything's about me. You know? Any of y'all ever raised babies? Boy, you bring that baby home, especially you moms. I mean, you carried that baby for nine months. You've gone through all kinds of discomfort and everything. Your body's changed. Everything's changed. And on top of that, the delivery. And then you bring them home and you think, finally, we're going to get some relief. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, you know, you're so used, especially your first one, you're so used to, you know, being able to sleep through the night and everything's wonderful. And you hear this crazy, loud racket about two in the morning. What in the world is that? You jump up out of bed and you're like, what? Like a deer in the headlight. Oh, it's this baby. Don't they know i got to go to work in the morning? See, that's the ultimate picture of narcissism. And see, this is the problem. You know, in a relationship, if you've got two babies in a relationship, oh, my gosh. Wah, 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 wah. We try to outcry each other. My cry's louder than your cry. My cry's louder than yours. Come on. You know, and you know, with a baby, because they don't have any other way at that age and stage to communicate, that's all they can do, isn't it? 
I remember, boy, you, first time that happened, you jump up, you don't know, uh, what, who, uh, who. You don't know, is it the diaper, is it they need to, they need to walk them, need to, what do we need to do with these? I Isn't it amazing that, you know, you have to have a, a license to drive a car, a, a license to get married, but, you know, you can bring home that baby. You ain't got no license. Ain't got no instruction. You just kind of, oh. That's when Grandma and Grandpa come in. <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's normal. <laughs> but, see, we, we, we get in relationships, you've got two people who are still emotionally babies. And all they know to do is, yeah, 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 yeah. You say, how do you know that? Because when I try to cancel them, they come in the office. They, they try that same trick on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they switch one. You know, and that baby does that because what? They're looking for somebody to come and fix them. Isn't that right? You need to fix this. I don't, I don't, something's not right down there, and it needs to be fixed. <laughs> and see, we do that in relationships sometimes. Because what? We, we're, not, we're not whole ourselves. We haven't dealt with the, our own issues because we're too busy trying to fix the other person. You know? That's like, you know, I, I'm blind. I'll drive. But let me out of the car first. But so oftentimes in relationships, that's what we're doing. And we don't understand that the devil's just right there at our elbow. And he keeps pushing the buttons and having us push the other person. And the other person reacts. And here we go. And he sits back and he laughs. And he says, yeah, just point the finger. That's the same thing Adam and Eve did. Yeah, you guys are doing it good. You're just like your mom and papa way back then. So we need to use the right lens to see ourselves. Isn't that right? We're going to talk about this more. Because the Bible says that, that when God looks at us, He sees us differently. Especially if we're in Christ. Isn't that right? Well, th doesn't that also mean that He sees our spouse the same way? Or that person we're in, having a relationship with, He sees them that way too, doesn't He? And finally, the Relationship with God. We're going to look at this too. Every person has a relationship with God. I believe, I believe this is true. Sinner or not, God still made them. He gave them life. The devil didn't give them life. God gave them life. So they have a relationship with God, even though it's dysfunctional. <laughs> it's estranged. It's separated. It's strained. It's, you know, it's, they got all kinds of... You ever talk to people who are not Christians and you know... You know and they get, get to talking about God sometimes. Oh, man, they come up with some of the craziest notions about God, don't they? Well, it's because, what, their relationship is so far removed from Him. They don't know what He's like. Some people, you know, some people don't have a relationship with God. They think God's killing people. They think God's making people sick and putting cancer on people. They think, they think God's, you know, they think God's, you know, bringing tornadoes and hurricanes and knocking people's homes flat. They think God, God's just a big old judge up there with a big old baseball bat. Whack. They got all kinds of stuff. But they have a relationship. You know, you've heard me tell my dad, you know, he, he was an alcoholic and abusive. 
man, we had a relationship. He welled a tar out of you, and you try. I tried to get away from him as fast as I could. <laughs> Come on. That, that, that's a relationship. sure wasn't a good one, but it was there. And see, as believers, we should have a better relationship to our Father than that. Isn't that true? And so, all of these relationships, guys, we're going to find out what they're interconnected. Let me read you. i gotta, I got to just stop. I'm not through, but i got to stop. I'm going to read you. Uh, look over in Matthew 22. I'm going to have to just unhook it right here. These relationships are interrelated. They're absolutely interrelated, and we need to understand that. In Matthew, uh, let's see, 23. <clears throat> let's look down about. <clears throat> well, let's see here. I think I wrote down the wrong. Let me just quote it to you. I, evidently, I wrote down the wrong passage. But you, you'll remember it as soon as I quote it to you. Listen to what Jesus said. Remember one, one time one of the scribes came to him and said, you know, what, you know, what's the greatest law? What's the commandment? And Jesus said, well, how, how do you see it? He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, remember this one, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. Amen. And the second, Jesus said, is like to it or compared to it, and that is love your neighbor as yourself. What do we see in that? The three relationships I talked about. Our relationship with God a relationship with others, and a relationship with ourselves. If you don't like yourself, it's no wonder you're having a relationship problem. Come on. Uh, I don't know about all this. Listen. So we're going to find our balance in these. Now let me just read you a couple of things real quickly about the power of choice, and then we're going to pray. Listen to this. <clears throat> You will either choose to stay stuck in a relationship or you will determine to work through the problem area. What will you do? We're talking about choices. You will choose to hold on to your resentment or you will choose to face that resentment and gain freedom from it. You, you will, choose to hurt, will you choose to hurt the other person when he or she hurts you or will you choose to look beyond the hurt to the deeper problem? Possibly one in yourself. Will you choose to run when a relationship gets difficult or sticky? Or will you choose to honor that relationship by facing the problem? Listen, don't abdicate your choice to someone else, and especially in a relationship. Now, we're going to unpack some of these. I kind of just kind of skipped the rock across the pond this morning, but I hope you'll come back because this series will be good. And we're going to give you some, some positive solutions and things you can do from God's Word. And they will be practical. It will be things you can do. It's not going to be some hyper, super spiritual way out there somewhere. Because when we get to heaven, we ain't going to have these issues. But we ain't in heaven yet, are we? We're right down here where we are. And none of us are perfect. We all have our, our baggage. We all have our issues. There's not one of us that does not. And the sooner you recognize that, the sooner you're on your way to getting a relationship healed. And I have responsibility first for myself in that relationship. 
I've told this so often, uh, so many times when you, you, you counsel uh, one person, you know, whether it's the wife or whether it's sitting down to do the wife or the husband comes in, you know, and I finally got to where I told him, I said, listen, unless you both come in, I'm not going to do it. But I would tell them this. I said, listen, because, you know, they came in, and, of course, here it went. The dance went. He, she, he, she, he, she, until finally I just said, stop. I said, you see these ears? They're not garbage cans. I'm not here for your private emotional garbage dump. Boy, they look at you like. I said, here's the thing. I said, and then the second one on the heels of this really stunned them. You're never going to change him or her. Well, Pastor, I thought, you know, I'd tell you what all was wrong with him, and you'd pray that super-duper-duper-duper-super-duper-duper-duper-duper-duper-duper prayer, and boom, I'd go home, and there would be my Prince Charming. No, I said, he'd still be a toad. <laughs> But just like in the fairy tale, God can change toads into princes, or princesses, the case may be. But I would tell them this. I said, all you can do is you can change yourself under God. You can change your response. You can change who you see yourself. Don't let anybody define you other than God. Listen, we've all... Anybody in here has never been hurt in a relationship, stand up and come up here and preach. Man, we all have. So let's, that's just a given. But you know, the starting place is what? Recognize this DNA. What? Number one, what? I was made for relationships with God, with others, and with myself. Number two, I have the power to choose. I'm not going to be passive, and I'm not going to let somebody else dictate my choice for me. You know, the devil does that all the time, too. He puts his thought in you. You're no good. Well, see, as soon as you make a choice to pick up that thing, say, you know what? That's right. I'm no good. And you know what? Your wife thinks you're no good, too. He don't play fair. But I have choice. I can choose to what? Look at my life through God's lens through God's Word, through God's, what God says about me, and I look at the other person through what God says about them. Let's pray. My time's up. Father, I thank You that today, Lord, I hope that I have stirred the, the minds of Your people all of us, myself included, that we will take a fresh look at our relationships with you, with ourselves, and with others, especially those, Lord, that we're in intimate relationships with our spouses, our family, our friends, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, fiancés, and uh, Father, those that we're in close fellowship with in our families, in the family of God, that we will look at that. And Father, if we've been quick to judge or point out the, where others need to change. Lord, help us to step back and to not look at them, but 
look at ourselves first. To get healing and wholeness in our own selves. To receive the grace and the truth and the working of the Holy Spirit that can make us whole and can release us from the baggage that we've brought into that relationship. Father, I thank You for it. I thank You for it. If you're here this morning and your relationship with God, with the Father, if, you, if your relationship is strained, if you're away from God, you don't know God, you've got a relationship, it's just not a good one. And the Bible says that Jesus came to bring us to reconcile our relationship with God back. To bring us back into right, intimate relationship with God. How do we do that? By putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was the sacrifice for all our wrongdoing. For every wrong thing we've done or said or thought. He is a sacrifice. His blood paid the price. And now if we put our faith in Him, the Bible says that we will be put back in right relationship with God. That's the starting place. That's the starting place. If you want peace with yourself and peace with uh, those you're in relationships with, it starts right here with God at the center. If that's you, I'd just like to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything or say anything, but if that's you, if you just lift your hand, I'm going to include you in this prayer. I never like to take for granted that everyone's in right relationship with God. Father, I thank you for the hand that's raised. Lord, I thank you that right now, that as they call on the name of Jesus, as they put their faith in the sacrifice of Jesus, Lord, that there's forgiveness. Lord, there's reconciliation. They're brought back into right relationship with the Father. They're back in the family, the family of God. All their sins are forgiven. I thank You for that, Lord. Give them assurance and give them peace and a knowing that they're right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.